What's up, Military Millionaires? I'm your host, David Perret. Today is an exciting episode with Jay Helms in which we talk about real estate investing, balancing real estate and running online businesses with a full-time W-2 job. This is super powerful for anybody who is a W-2 employee, and I highly recommend you listen all the way through. Some great nuggets. Jay is an awesome guy. If this is your first time listening, thanks for joining the community. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment. Show notes are found at FromMilitaryToMillionaire.com slash podcast. Now relax and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Military Millionaire Podcast, a show about real estate investing for the working class. Stay tuned as we explore ways to help you improve your finances, build wealth through real estate, and become a person that is worth knowing. Hey, what's up, Military Millionaires? It's Dave. Today, I'm here with a special guest. This is Jay Helms. You may recognize him from the what uh, Facebook group, Real Estate Investing for the W-2 Employee. Uh, it's blown up online and Jay has, honestly, I'm kind of jealous of his group. It, it's always got better posts and more frequent posts than I do. So I need to, I need to step up my game to match him. But uh, Jay, it's awesome to have you. Uh, I'd love to, you know, introduce yourself a little bit to our uh, listeners. Yeah, man. Hey, I appreciate you reaching out and, and, and including me on this. Uh, the closest I've ever been to the military is when, um, probably when I took the test in high school and they just shook their head and said no. Right. <laughs> so, um, but no, so, uh, currently, you know, here we are January, 2019, I've got 51 units. Um, some of those, my wife and I own ourselves, some of those with partners, um, who with Tim Kelly, I think, you know, Tim. Yeah. He's been on the uh, show. Who, yeah. Uh, he's a chief petty, petty officer in the Navy. So I can live vicariously through you guys. And, and, but, um, so that's kind of me in a nutshell, but this last year, and I've been investing since, uh, 2014, uh, when we bought our first rental property in Pensacola. And, um, since then we've grown our portfolio to the point where we're, uh, now looking and kind of holding back and kind of seeing what the market's doing. Cause it's really hot, you know, in this area in Pensacola. And I have not bitten off the bug of, or, um, bitten a chunk off of investing, uh, long distance just yet. I think that's going to change later this year. I'm kind of looking at some things in Q3 and Q4 of 2019 that may change that. But, um, in the, in the minute interim, uh, I've got to have something to focus on real estate wise. So we started up this Facebook group, real estate investing for the W2 employee. Um, and from that it spun off, um, a mastermind group, uh, called W2 capitalist. Um, and then I've got my blog helmsrei.com. It's all about our experiences and linking people together like yourself and Tim and saying, Hey, you know, here are like-minded people that uh, are going to lift each other up. Right. And I think we're going to talk about that in, in our next couple of minutes about being around like-minded individuals and how that can just, you know, change how your goals are, are accomplished. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'd like to kind of go back. I know you mentioned 51 units, but before we get into the, the, the non-real estate side of the business, how did you get started in like, what was your, what are some of your strategies? Well, I got started, uh, um, probably like a lot of folks. I said I, we bought our first rental property in Pensacola in 2014. So rewind back about eight years before that I bought a, um, it was going to be a live-in flip. I was single at the time. 
and I'd been watching the HGTV shows, you know, flipping the sexy, cool thing to do in real estate. And then the height of the market hit, right? So um, it didn't work out like I thought it would. I ended up holding on to that property as a rental for a little over a decade. Uh, and we were able to walk away with some equity. And I say we, because in between that time, I met who's now my wife. Um, and she helped me make a lot of the, the, the design decisions through <laughs> throughout the house. But at that time, we had also moved down to Pensacola and we had, you know, we'd always been interested in real estate. Um, my grandparents were real estate entrepreneurs. Um, now, I think they did it, had to do it by choice. But, you know, we hear the, the phrase house hacking now. And um, but my grandparents, um, you know, one of the thing, cool things my grandparents did when they uh, before they passed away is they wrote a book about their life. Right. And and um, talk about how they moved about every year, um, for about 20 years. And they ended up with this, um, really large house as three bedroom two a one and a half bath, uh, 1900 square foot. My dad still owns, uh, right next to an apartment complex that they owned and managed. So it really started with them kind of gave me the bug there. But in 2014, we saw the market in Pensacola starting to make some corrections. Uh, it actually had the dip had already happened and it was on its way up and we thought, okay, we want to do real estate. Fix and flip is not our, our part day, right? So let's look at buy and hold. And that's where we ended up. So now we've been focusing on buying hold uh, properties that meet our investing criteria and we just gobble them up as we can. Now we're, we're probably a little bit more uh, patient uh, because because of our investing criteria, we know there's not going to be a whole lot of deals that meet that. But the ones that do cash flow very nicely, um, our overall gross income has increased uh, exponentially. It's like um, probably 60 grand a year from the time we started. And then our overall net worth has, has 10x since we started. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, I, I like the fact that you mentioned that you're very specific on your criteria. You know, a lot of people go out and they look for uh, houses and deals. And, you know, at the end of the day, it might be a deal for someone. It's always good to have an exit strategy. So you could find a house that meets a wholesaler's criteria or a fix and flip criteria. And you can find a way to make a little money on it. But if you take a house that's a fix and flip criteria, like this could work. And you're not someone who does that. And you're like, yeah, this is a deal. I'm going to roll with it, even though it meets none of my other criteria. I mean, it's just not always worth getting out of your niche. Uh, and I think a lot of people get into trouble when they try to go, yeah. go big with deals that they have no idea they're, what they're doing. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll say the only time I've ever lost money in real estate or on a, on a particular property is when I abandoned those criteria. And I, you know, and I'm not saying our criteria is not for, for everybody, right? Uh, but it's, it's one of those things where we know what works for us. And if we're very strict with that, um, we, we know what the end result is going to be. Now, um, on the flip side of that, knowing that criteria ahead of time allows us to analyze properties very quickly. So we don't spend a whole lot of time on one property when it comes up. I mean, within about a five minute napkin test, I can tell you if we're going to dive into that property further or not. Yeah, absolutely. I have like one or two. They're overly simple formulas that I can do in like seconds with like this times this on my phone and people are like, how do you know if that works? Like what if, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, look, I don't, if it doesn't meet that, I don't care if, what if blah, 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 there's another right. property that does meet that. Yep. 
Sorry. Yep. I don't just might take time. you some time to get there. Yeah. You know, and that kind of rolls in. We'll, we'll just roll that right into what we were going to talk about as far as the, the work, work balance. Um, Cause I've mentioned, don't have time to sit here and analyze every deal. Um, and we were kind of talking before the show, but like one of the biggest questions you get and I'm starting to get is how do you balance a full-time job with real estate and the fact that you also run a, you know, an online presence? Uh, you know, it comes down to uh, setting blocks and setting schedule. Well, there, I'll, I'll tell you what, let's go through, there's, there's, there's a few bullet points and well, there's more than a few, but the biggest thing, you know, if you're, if you're thinking about getting invest, you know, starting investing in real estate, military or W2 wise, um, the biggest thing for me now I'm married was to get my spouse on board because you've got to have that close group uh, support to push you because it's not going to be easy. You know, it's not the, it is not the easiest transition to make, but once you get that, you know, I was talking to uh, a guy yesterday by the name of Darren Hay and he gave me this example and I thought this is brilliant. But as you get started, your, your investing career is kind of like a flywheel and you know, it takes a little bit of time. It takes several revolutions to get that flywheel going. But once, once it's going, it doesn't take a whole lot of effort to keep it spinning. Right. And so got to get that spouse on board. Um, you got to become incredibly organized. Um, that includes everything from, from your phone, your emails, work, military stuff, everything along that nature. And then you got to be ready to alter your lifestyle, right? Less TV, less nights out. Um, we were talking a little bit earlier, you know, where you're at, you're, it's what, 445 now? Yeah, but we were talking about how, you know, you, you got to get that, uh, you still want to get that seven, eight hours of sleep every night uh, as much as possible. Now, if you're married and you have young kids, you're probably laughing at, yeah, seven, eight hours of sleep. Yeah, that's a joke. And, uh, I'm with you, you know, we've got two, we've got our third on the way. So, um, I'm interested to see how number three affects my schedule, but we got a few months before it gets here, but you know, you got to be ready to alter your lifestyle. And that, that does include finding time when you can focus on this for just an hour or maybe two a day. Right. And for me, that is early morning uh, before the rest of the house wakes up because by the end of the day, you know, I've worked eight hours and I don't do physical work. I'm out, I'm, I'm a keyboard monkey right so i sit here and tap on the keyboard and do conference calls and and i do a little travel but it's not physically exhausting work but at the end of the day i'm so mentally drained that um i just want to veg out i want to hang out with my family i want to hang out with my kids get on the floor and wrestle with them and then we're going to eat supper and then it's bath time bedtime by then it's probably 8 8 30 and i'm done man i'm exhausted so and that's regardless if I get up at seven or if I get up at four forty-five, which is what I'm doing now. So I get up at four forty-five, uh, which I know military guys that's probably not even they're probably laughing at that, making this it's not even early. No, but no, no. you'd be surprised. <laughs> but the point is, you got to find a few hours, you know, one to two hours a day where you can look at this stuff, and and and, and that for me is before the house, the rest of the house gets up, and um, I'm being you know I'm well rested. And I'm able to focus. Um, and the other, so I'll go through a couple of these other t things as well. We talked about setting a schedule. You got to set a schedule and be very specific about your schedule. And one of the things, if, you, if you've read the book, The One Thing by Gary Keller, um, he talks about finding that one thing that's going to make the rest of your tasks throughout the day 
uh, either diminish or become not as important. So whatever that one thing is, tackle it first, right? Do it first. And you're going to be amazed at how the rest of your, your day is going to just, it's going to open up. There's going to be so much more opportunity. Your, your, your mindset is going to be so different because if there's something I'm dreading to do early in the morning and I don't do it, guess what's on my mind the rest of the day until I get, until I get to it. Absolutely. That thing. So for all my friends that are listening and watching this, if I call you early in the morning, I've dreaded making that phone call, you know, so that's what I'm doing. So I'm <laughs> knocking that out first thing in the morning, in the morning. Um, so a couple other things that this can, you know, to be real efficient, to make, take advantage of the most of that one or two hours that you find in your day. Uh, you also got to get comfortable with saying no, right? No to anything that doesn't affect the end goal of your goals. Right. And for me, my goals are our family, uh, excelling at my W2, which is also a good point. You gotta, you gotta keep excelling at your W2 or, or in the military career. And then the side hustle, which for us is real estate investing. So anything that doesn't affect those three big things, I typically say no to. Now I don't have, I don't run in a big social circle. I don't, it's me and my wife. We're also homebodies. I'm actually a very big introvert, so I don't do very well in crowds, but I do, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I figured it out. I don't necessarily need all those things because it doesn't affect how I raise my kids. It doesn't how I help affect how I love my wife and it doesn't affect how I make money. Right. So if it doesn't help those three things, more than likely I'm going to say no to it. Um, and another thing too, is you've got to be open to course corrections. Uh, and what I mean by that is you may find just like we started trying to do flips, you know, and there was a, a part of time there where we tried to do wholesaling being an introvert and wholesaling usually does not add up <laughs> and it doesn't, it didn't for us, but it was a way we thought we could make some good money, you know, real quick money and raise some capital for our bond hold properties. And, and we just quickly figured out, Hey, that's not for us. So you got to be okay with course, course corrections. Don't be beating yourself up. Um, and then you've got to going back to saying, no, you've got to evaluate your circle. You know, there's a saying that's floating out there that your net worth is equal to your network. You know, there's a lot of people that I, that, that I'm around that you guys are around that you just don't need to be hanging around. Right. And it's not one of those things where they're a bad influence is they're just not influencing you toward accomplishing your goals. And so what I've this year, I, I keep saying this year, we're in 2019. Last year, I made a very conscious effort of saying, saying no and also not hanging around those people that didn't support me in those goals. Now, also, if my friends are watching, there's like, hey, I haven't heard from him in a while. <laughs> uh, you might fall into that category. No, I'm just joking. Um, you know, there's it, the thing is, and I didn't go to these folks and say, look, you're not supporting me here and here you and I are no longer friends. <laughs> you know, I didn't do that. That's not what I'm suggesting you do. What I'm suggesting is evaluate where you spend your time. And if it doesn't affect your main goals, then you need to reevaluate that. And for a lot of us, that includes the people that we hang around on a daily basis, right? Outside of work, right? Um, and the other thing too, is you got, you have to set time aside to read and network and mastermind because there's so many resources out there. I don't know if you've got a book club, uh, David, but you know, there's, there's so many resources out there. You know, we talked about bigger pockets before you record and 
those guys always recommend books. You know, I've learned so much from that site, uh, which is, and it's a great networking site. It's a great site to gain any really information. And then there's the mastermind, right? Which is you've got to get around people who are like-minded uh, for you guys, you know, in the military, everybody has a military mindset. Um, but you also need to be around investors, right? That, that, that go through some of the same struggles that have been where you've been, that you can help along and they can help you along and push each other. Um, and then the last point I'll give you is uh, get comfortable with being uncomfortable because that's where growth happens, you know, and, and we'll go back to the time schedule for a minute. Excuse me while I blow my nose because <laughs> uh, the, the crud has hit our house, but um, you know, setting your schedule, getting up earlier, you know, altering your lifestyle to where you're going to bed earlier, getting up earlier, do it in 15 minute chunks. That's the way I, you know, I've tried. Okay. I normally get up, you know, up until uh, last year, I got up at seven. Um, and I, when I hit that, when this hit me and said, Hey, I've got to get up before the rest of the house. I set my alarm clock at five 30. Guess how many times I actually got up at five 30. It, it, it takes some getting used to. You got to get used to it. It's just like a workout, right? You don't walk into the gym and if you've never, you know, say your max is 200, you don't walk in the gym the next day and say, Hey, I'm going to bench 400, right? <laughs> you've got to work your way up. So the same thing with setting the alarm clock. And, and I did it in 15 minute increments. I'd set my alarm clock 15 minutes earlier, do that for two weeks, get used to it, then set it another 15 minutes and then set another 15 minutes. And on the flip side, I'm setting my bedtime alarm which the iPhone has, which is amazing to think that we need a bedtime alarm, but it's a great reminder. So the night doesn't get away from us is that, um, you know, setting it 15 minutes earlier, you, you know, the idea of getting up earlier does not equal you're losing sleep, you no. know, just changing your lifestyle and where you're spending your time. That's huge. I actually, I got lucky. I, uh, when I was, I had done, done the four or five in the morning for a little while and had some success. And then I kind of got sidetracked and I was struggling to get back into it. Well, I went to uh, FinCon in September. And so that was in Orlando. I spent a week in Orlando. And yeah, you and I were there and uh, I didn't, we didn't meet there, but I saw you walking around the way I remember you walking around is because you always had the Hawaiian shirts on, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't think we had really connected yet, which is a bummer. Are you going next year? I plan to, right. um, we're, uh, Alex asked me that yesterday and, and we're, I'm trying to, but with baby number three coming, yeah, I, I don't agree. know how that's going to, so we'll see. It's we'll on, it's on the top of my list. We'll actually, we'll actually hang out this time. Yeah, want. absolutely. absolutely. Um, but I got so set. I had the whole week and I got set on that time zone. So I was like, I'm using it. I made it back here and I was like, I don't care what time it is here. Whatever time it was in Florida that I was waking up is when I got up. It's like one in the morning. Um, so, and I, and I did it and then I was like, okay, tomorrow I'm sleeping until four and I haven't missed, I mean, maybe four fifteen, four thirty. but even still my alarm goes off before four and I hit snooze at least once before I'm out of bed. It's just, I can't yeah. break that habit. Um, but there were two things in your schedule, uh, or your list that I really wanted to just touch on cause they've hit home to me recently. Um, one is the get comfortable with saying no, because that is not easy. Um, it's not at, yeah. at all, especially when it's like people you enjoy being around, but they're just not doing things that you need to do, i.e. going out or whatever. Like I went out once, two, three weeks ago. It was probably the first time in a long time. But even then I was like, all right, guys, um, 
I'll drive. You know, they wanted to Uber. I'm like, I'm going to drive because I'm leaving at 7.30. And they're like, yeah. well, you know, we're not going to stay out that late. I'm like, no, I, I'm taking control of the situation. I'm driving. Yeah, because uh, at 7.30 rolls around, they're going to be like, one more bar. They were out till one or two. Yeah. yeah. You know, the next morning I'm looking at Instagram and I'm like, what in the world are these guys doing? I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm glad I didn't get stuck with that. Yeah. Um, and then the other choice. one is the evaluating your circle. Uh, yeah. I say that because what we were talking about earlier, as I'm debating whether to stay in the military or not stay in the military, it's very interesting to see the groups of people who tell me their opinion. And it's very easy to say there's, you know, people on the fence for staying in, there's people on the fence for getting out. And the ones who are telling me, and the reason it's a very tough decision is because I like the Marine Corps, but every person who's telling me, I say every, I should never talk in absolutes. I need to get better at that. Sure. Most of me the too. <laughs> that are telling me to go ahead and get out of the military and focus full time are the people who have been where I'm at and are where I want to be. And yeah. that's what it's like. I'm leaning that direction, not necessarily because I don't want to be in the Marine Corps anymore, but because these very influential people that have been there, done that are, that are the circle I want to be around. Yeah. The words have meaning to me. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing too, you know, it, it, just like earning, you know, working a W2 job. It's not that I hate my job. It's, you know, I actually enjoy what I do. Like I think you enjoy what you do, yeah. but there are financial things that I want to accomplish that my W2 job can't allow me to do. You know, we talked a little bit about that before recording, but back to, before we jump over to that, the circle thing is huge, you know, and, and I've heard, I saw this yesterday and it was the first time I've, I've um, witnessed this and it was just like mind blowing. Like how have I not seen this before? But it, you talk about your circle, but in this case, it was rings, right? You put yourself in the middle and you put those core five people. Um, and it was a relationship analysis, I think is what it was called. Um, I wrote it down somewhere, but I've, I've lost the notes. Basically, you put yourself in the middle and you put your core five people there. And then you start doing rings outside of that. And then you, you put those people on those rings of where they're going to be. So those people who are, are influencing, influen influencing you. Any word? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I just can't say it. I would. I would <laughs> like to say it's because it's five forty-five, but that is not my problem right now. <laughs> totally, it is somewhere. It is it's where you're at, right? Uh, but those people who are pushing you to get out of the military. They're not saying, "Hey, ditch the military because it's horrible." They're saying, "Follow your dreams," right? And that's the people that you need to have in your circle, right? And then those people that are going to affect you differently. They need to be on the next ring, you know, and then the next ring and then the next ring until the outer ring are those, um, those, those, what I call just basically losers and deadbeats who no matter what you do, they're going to tell you that, you know, you shouldn't do that. You know, it doesn't matter what you're going to do. They're going to say, uh, you should do this or you, sh you know, you should do something totally different. So when I saw that yesterday, I was like, you know, that's, I love that idea because if you focus on who's on in your core rings, uh, you know, whether they're in that, that top five that everybody talks about, or they're just, you know, a couple of rings outside of that. And if you focus on just those people and getting feedback and hanging around with those five people or those core people, how much more your, your dreams are going to be easy, more easily accomplished. So that, when I saw that, I was like, I've, I've got to draw me a relationship analysis. Yeah. And you better put your wife in the center of it <laughs> if you're married. I'm not, I'm not that. I don't type that in like relationship. <laughs> Ironically, the people in the outside rings are also the loudest and the hardest 
to get away from sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and that sounds like a messed up thing to say, but it is what it is. No, but with, with enough persistence, they will, they're, they will finally quiet down, you know? Yep. 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 Or you just ignore them. I do this wonderful thing. I found this feature <laughs> on Facebook the other day. I didn't find it, but I've just never used it where you just unfollow someone. So they don't that know is, that you are not paying any attention to them, but you never hear them again. And man, it has made my Facebook feed so much more in, inspirational for what I yes. need and want to hear. That is one of the best features. I think they've, that and unfriend is actually one of the, two of the best features. Depending on how mad I am. That's yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, oh, know, the you'll un- see the this. Yeah. <laughs> the unfollow has been great. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. there's, I mean, there's people that are still friends that I want to stay in touch with, but they just, you know, the stuff they post that I don't, I don't need to see that. I don't really care. And yeah, I'll be honest. Most of it is politics and it's politics in either direction. Like if yeah. you are, a yeah. left-wing nut job or a right-wing nut job or somewhere to either one of those extremes and you can't post yeah. if you're the type of person no matter what your political view is who cannot see somebody else's argument and discuss it civilly yeah done like i don't care yeah. what your point is i don't care if i agree with you like i can't yeah. you can't discuss it i don't need it on my feet yeah. well you know the with the government shutdown going on right now um you know i I'm a right wing. I don't know if I'm a nut job, but I'm, I'm a right wing um, kind of guy. And there was uh, you know, there's a, a meme going around of, Hey, I need to go if the government shut down because I don't, it hasn't affected me, you know? So I thought that was pretty funny because yeah, most, of, most of the people that I run around with or talk to it, it doesn't affect, you know, and there's been some questions about, you know, what if you, what if you have uh, HUD housing, you know, aren't, is that going to be paid or whatnot? So I posted that just trying to be funny. And then three or four people immediately responded and said, well, it's affecting me this way. And they were talking about the Coast Guard not getting paid. And then they were talking about um, how the IRS hasn't released the final tax strategy or tax schedule for, for this year and how that's going to affect taxes. And then, uh, and then somebody else posted something else about how it's affecting them. I was like, now, I appreciate those comments, you know, of saying, Hey, Jay, get out of your bubble, you know, (laughs) but it did, it did open up my eyes and say, look, you know, here are people who, and I don't know their political views, but they did say, well, here's how it's affecting this. Here's how it's affecting this, which opened my eyes up, you know, and nobody came in and and started bashing me for anything. They just said, Hey, just FYI. And I was like, that's great. I'm doing my, uh, since you mentioned Alex earlier, I'm doing my first, attempt at a truly viral video that should have posted an hour and a half ago so hopefully yeah. by the time this airs it uh you've seen it then i did my job but the title of it courtesy of alex is if the government shutdown has you worried you're a socialist um, <laughs> and it's basically my way of and, and it's it gets pretty serious but it basically starts out with me reading the definition and then reading the fact that the synonym to socialism is welfareism and then saying look i don't really care what your political views are, but if you are one of these people who hates communism and socialism and welfareism and all this negative stuff that people often say is negative, but you can't survive without a paycheck for three weeks, you depend on the government. And what's depending on the government? Oh, that's yeah. right. Socialism, communism, welfareism. Yeah. You need to figure that's, it out. Like the government shuts yeah. down all the time and you can't figure out how to live without a paycheck. What happens when you get out of the military or the federal government, go in a civilian world, all of a sudden you get fired. Yeah. How are you going to retire? You can't even yeah. survive for a month without a paycheck. Anyway, yeah. so that's my short 
rant, but I, I tried to spin it into a teaching tool, but I'm kind of hoping that it gets picked up in the trending viral. Yeah. gets me some, uh, some views. We'll see what happens. I, I think it will, but it, it does lead to an interesting point. You know, you've got to have that runway of whether you're in the military or, you know, you're full-time investing, you've got to have that cushion, um, runway account. Right. So for us, you know, we keep six months of, of our, I'd call them operating expenses, but it's just basically what we would take to live off of if, if I were to lose my W2 job. And, um, you know, the other thing when it comes to our individual properties, we have, and I think this quote came from, it, I didn't come up with it, but the, it might've been Grant that said this, but you have those sacred do not touch uh, accounts for each property. And basically every month when rent comes in, we take a, a percentage of the rent and we are depositing into those accounts that are strictly for that property for when the septic tank messes up, you know, it has to be replaced or the HVAC goes out or the roof has to be replaced. Any of those capital expenses that you can't necessarily plan on from month to month. And that those sacred accounts have saved us so many times in the last couple of years. It's, it, uh, I mean, we replaced two air conditioners last year um a total of seven grand you know in, in florida it seems like they don't get as much uh out of them as, as we want to but you know came out with seven grand price tag and if i hadn't been putting that money back i'd be stressing okay where am i going to get that money you know because i don't want to go in our personal savings account to grab it but because we've been doing that we went directly to those accounts and made the payment right so it was it i think you you know you're tied back around you've got to have some cushion, you know, whether it be on, on your personal property or with, or excuse me, your personal situation or for your investment properties. Absolutely. All right. So Jay, if some young 18, 19, 20 year old walk up to you asking <laughs> you for advice, what do you think you'd give them? Where should they start? So I'm going to rely on my, my dad to answer this question. And, and by that, I mean, when I was um, in high school, about to go to college. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, I still am trying to figure that out, I guess, almost being 40. <laughs> but uh, I don't want to be a real estate investor. But, uh, but other than that, you know, my dad tried to get me to, for every summer that I was out of school, uh, when I became of working age, he wanted me to work for a tradesman. You know, one summer work for an electrician, one summer work for a plumber the next summer work for a, you know, HVAC handyman, you know, any tradesman that, and, and the, the bad thing about it, I mean, he's a retired fireman now, but he had the guys that did this, you know, cause most firemen work a second job and they're usually some sort of tradesman, lawn care guy, you know, something along those lines. So he had the guys that could really show me and guys that he trusted that could really show me how to do that. Well, I didn't do it. You know, I'm 18, 19 years old. I, I know, you know, I know more than you, dad, I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, but you know, that was probably one of my biggest regrets growing up because, you know, not that I wanted to go into those fields, but now, in, you know, in the situation we're in now where we're wanting to invest and do more, you know, I've had to learn those skills, you know, not necessarily somebody teaching me, you know, and not necessarily knowing, Hey, should it cost this much to have that plumbing fixed or should it cost this much for an elect, you know, to replace a breaker box, you know? So it's, if I were to talk to an 18, 19 year old kid and say, look, if you really want to get into this, here is a part of, um, if you're going to school, you know, if you're going to full, full-time school, 
here's a part of the business you can learn on the side. Not that you're going to end up, you know, being a plumber or, or an HVAC guy. Now, obviously you can always rely on those skills, but not that you're going to end up there, but it helps you learn a side of the business. That's not property management. It, you know, all these other things you can learn from somewhere else. But when you're, when you're 18, 19 year old kid, uh, and you've got summers off and you're looking for a summer job, spend it with a carpenter, spend it with a plumber, spend it with an electrical guy, um, you know, and make sure you're learning the business. Yeah, I actually really like that. Uh, and those are skills that, you know, never go away. You're never going to, yeah. no matter what happens with technology, we will always need a plumber, I think. Uh, yes, absolutely <laughs> right. Yep. So uh, I, I clogged my stupid sink the other day. I don't know what happened. I guess something, I, I didn't clog it, but something broke. And sure. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I, sure, I'm renting, so I didn't have to pay for it, but it was frustrating to like look at it and be like, I don't know how to fix this. Right. You know, if it yep. wasn't, if it was my house, I would still have to pay someone to fix this. Um, you know, which is why I learned stuff on cars. Cause I got sick of paying people to fix it. So I started learning how to, you, you know, I bought an old truck and it gave me a lot of education, but, um, yeah. So what is one resource that you would recommend to anybody looking to get started in real estate? Um, so you're talking about like, uh, educational, yeah, like books, websites, you know, whatever. So the biggest, so this is it's probably a little different than um, anything that's, I don't know if, are you familiar with, uh, I'm trying to remember the guy's name, Simon uh, Sinek? Sinek, yeah. So. Got some pretty popular TED Talks. Yeah, he, you know, he's a very inspirational guy. It might be the accent, I don't know, that draws me to him. Um, but he, he has a book out, it's called Start With Why. And, um, that's one of the big things that, you know, and you and I are both on bigger pockets and we talk to different folks on there and, and the forums are awesome. But I, you know, I love when people post on there and say, Hey, is this a good deal? And they'll give very minimal information about it. So, you know, my, usually if I see one of those and I want to respond to it, I'll say, well, what's your, what's your goal, you know, or why do you want to buy this property or, or why do you want to get started investing in real estate at all? Um, everybody says money. Typically it's the first answer, but it's not about money. It's there's a, there has to be a deeper, uh, passion for you to, to, um, to get to. So, um, I try to engage with those folks to really ask them, you know, drill down. There's a, there's a concept called uh, seven levels deep. I think it's what it's called where you basically go through that evolution of, well, why do you want more money? Well, I want to be able to be my own boss. Okay. Why do you want to be on your own boss? Well, I want to be able to spend more time with your, my kids. Okay. Well, why do you want to be spend more time with your kids? So you go through that till you finally get to, and it takes some time, at least it did for me to really get to that reason of why you want to invest in real estate. So the reason why that is so important is because, um, there are times when real estate investing sucks. And if you don't have that, why, you're, you're, you're going to abandon the dream, right? And you're going to abandon that if, if it's just money. Now, don't get me wrong. Money is a byproduct, right? I mean, we are in a capitalistic country and we're in a society that you've got to have money to do almost anything, right? So money should be a byproduct and that's where it gets into your investing criteria to make sure you're hitting those numbers, but it's not your overall why. So long answer to your question, I would say Simon Sinek's book, uh, Start With Why, is a great, great resource. I actually love that book. And 
uh, not that this really has any weight on whether you should read it or not, but for those of you listening that are in the Marine Corps, that book is actually on the Commandant's reading list, so you will get credit for your uh, torch promotion as it being your annually required book, so you should go read it because it's awesome. It's one of the few that's on there that, um, actually there's a couple, so like that one's on there, there's Outliers, um, there's a couple books on like technology and the future, but most of the books on there are war and history, which is cool, but as far as like the real estate thing, there's not very many that, you know, can tie into your your motivation in your life and i that's one of them and i loved it i read it on there because i was like oh i don't know what this book is um in fact i didn't actually realize i put two and two together that it was simon sinek until like after i finished the book. <laughs> uh, and i watched his ted talk and i was like oh i've seen this ted talk before and then it was like wait a minute i know that guy <laughs> um but yeah that's a great book i love it uh all right so before we wrap this up is there anything else you'd like to add any big ideas we should talk about that we haven't mentioned yet Man, I, you know, I don't know. What's what's the real estate market going to do this year? Is it going to is it going to pummel and fail like everybody thinks? I think no, <laughs> just because everybody thinks that. Um, it has yeah. softened a little bit, but there's a lot of the, I don't know, a lot of the criteria that were met last time haven't been met. Although they've brought non-prime, I mean, subprime mortgages back as non-prime mortgages, which is scary. So if you're listening to this and you don't qualify for a normal loan at all, and someone says, I've got this awesome non-prime mortgage that you can take. You walk the other way and figure out how to qualify for a normal loan. You don't need no 7% seven interest starting adjustable rate crap with nothing down, with no credit. Like, if there's a reason you didn't qualify, you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. Just, just remember the banks, while they're, they're doing you a solid favor and lending you that money, they're trying to make money. They're trying to make a sale. So um, you're right. I think I think the market is is due for a correction, but I think it's going to be longer and not as sharp. If that makes sense. But yeah. uh, that's what my crystal ball tells me, anyway. <laughs> and you know, a year and a half, two years from now, we'll both be sitting back watching this and going, "Huh, I think we yeah. kind of got it right." Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Or did we? <laughs> <laughs> when we're both on the sideline wishing it had crashed because it doubled and we didn't buy. Yeah, well, that that's somebody that uh, somebody told me that the other day because they had a uh, different viewpoint. I wish I could remember the guy's name, but he was very um, had a very strong opinion about where the market was going. And um, he's like, "Fine, sit on the sidelines. In a year from now, I'm going to be, you know, looking back at you when they, when all my properties have doubled." And I said, "Well, look, buddy. I said, here's the thing about that. I don't buy for appreciation. You know, I buy for cash flow. So as long as I can make a property cash flow." I don't care what part of the, the cycle that I buy it in, you know, and, and by that, and the reason why we haven't bought a whole lot here recently is because I can't get anything to cash flow. You know, the rents are not and, and well, I can't get anything because I'm still, you know, local guy two hours from where we live. Um, but I can't get anything to cash flow based off of what the asking prices are, you know, because it's that part of the market is so inflated that rents are not keeping up with what those um, asking prices are going to do. So that's when I, when I say, Hey, I'm waiting for the market correction. I'm waiting for those buying prices to come down or at least correct with uh, what rent rent values are. So. Yeah, absolutely. I'm lucky enough that I kind of, most of my stuff that I invest in is in an area where appreciation flatlines, you know, there'd be like yeah. a blip but so it's pretty, pretty stable. So I, I do the cash flow thing and I generally don't have to worry about the markets going up and down much. Yep. 
All right. So Jay, where can people get a hold of you? So, um, our landing page, my landing page is helmsrei.com. And then from there, it, you can jump over to our Facebook group. You can find more about uh, the W2 Capitalist uh, Mastermind group from there. And there's also some free resources uh, like, uh, you know, the how to buy and hold a small multifamily. Uh, and then there's, there's several other things there as far as, you know, our, uh, there's an LOI that I have out there, um, just all sorts of resources, but most uh, the landing pages, helmsrei.com is where, where you guys can, can get there and you can hop off to wherever. Awesome. I actually really like that. I did like a landing page for my Instagram, but I didn't yeah. ever think about doing like a full on landing page for everything. And that's brilliant. I'm going to go like poke around yours and then not steal your idea. No, steal it. I didn't come up with it, but I want to hold on one second. Um, my wife's in another room and I want her to hear you say that I was brilliant. So hang on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll show her the replay. How about there you that? Go, there Don't you cut go. that out. No, 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 that will not go out. Hey, Jay, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your morning, afternoon, middle of the day, whatever to come hang this out. This morning, us. just not as early as yours. So <laughs> I, hey, I appreciate you doing this. I felt like, um, when you, cause we were trying to get some, do some stuff with the kids today and, and um, you scheduled this at the right time for us to do that. So thank you very much. No, of course. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely.